The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
trenches I'm losing my perspective Won't my feathered friends please come to my rescue Take me on a journey full of fresh air and endless blue La 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 Oh I need a bird's eye view Fresh air and endless blue. Hi, everybody. So good to be seen, uh, to know that you're out there. You are now in our living room in Ashland, Oregon. I'm walking around in a ghost town Keeping my six feet of distance between me and you You're walking too I look past the shops to the mountains and the treetops like arrows pointing to the sky's shining hue that's the only way i'm gonna beat these blues i'm living in a valley i'm living in a bubble i'm living in my thinking I was gonna cry today tucked away in my hideaway but I took a walk instead and this is what I see I see sadness behind your eyes and kindness I'm not surprised I think you're just like me Walking around in a ghost town Keeping my six feet of distance between me and you You're walking too We're living in a valley, we're living in a bubble We're living in our world feels like it's burning now but maybe it'll finally teach us how we really want to live we're living in a valley we're living in a bubble we're living in our heads we're living in chaotic times we gotta learn to live inside our hearts instead We're living in chaotic times Everyone can see the signs We're gonna learn to live inside our hearts instead I'm walking around in a ghost town 
six feet of distance between me and you. You're walking to Look much like a holy man. I hadn't known him very long. Something in his eyes told me he'd seen it all. And so I sang him my sad song. I said, I've been chasing women half my life. The other half, they're chasing me. It always seems to lead to trouble. What can the problem be? He said, You gotta be loved. Be loved. said, I understand the mission to find the one you're dreaming of. And in these days, I know you truly can look everywhere for love. But think about it, where does love come from anyway? You know it comes from you and me What a funny game to look for love When you own the factory Let the world come to
Good morning and Happy New Year, everyone. My name is Meg McGuire and I am grateful to be the ministerial intern this year here at the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. And I wanna welcome you to worship. Whoever you are, however you find yourself this morning, welcome. I invite you to download your, our order of service from our website or the description of this video so that you can follow along through the service. And whether you're a newcomer or a longtime member, we hope you'll consider joining us for Zoom coffee hour right after the service, where you can connect with others from this community in small groups. I'm so glad to be here with you, so to speak, thanks to the magic of live stream technology and the efforts of so many people who I wanna take a moment to recognize before we begin. Thank you to Jonathan Silk, who handles so much of the technology that makes this remote version of worship possible. To Eric Shackelford, who is on our now multiple cameras. Joe Chapeau, monitoring our chat and social media. Thomas Brown, who opened the building this morning and made it so that we could be here. And of course, our senior minister, Reverend Vanessa Southern, who is leading worship with me here today. You'll notice that this morning's worship will include some pre-recorded pieces that allow us to bring new elements into worship. We'll take in another installment of the Two White Zone, a skit written to support us in this community's continued growth toward beloved community. I wanna thank Mari Magaloni, Michael Bossier, Rochelle Forte, Wabibia and Don Shearer, who co-authored the skit, and Leslie Truk and Lori Lai, who in addition to Don and Michael, um, showed up with their acting chops to make the skit possible. We're grateful too for the inestimable work of Mark Sumner, our music director, for coordinating and curating this morning's musical offerings. We'll hear more from the Harmony people, who we just heard from, who you may remember from a few years past. And this is a sweet opportunity to bring them into this time from their home in Ashland, Oregon. Thank you also to our organist, Reiko Odelaine, pianist, Miwa Steger, and soloists, Leander Ram, Brielle Marina Nielsen, Ben Rudiat-Gold, and Asher Davison, who made possible our hymns and other musical staples. And lastly, thank you to all of you for being here. As we have each Sunday since March, we begin by lighting our blue candle in honor of all of you who not here in body, we nevertheless feel with us here in spirit. And with the kindling of this flame, we bring you a bit more into this space. As we enter into worship together, I want to offer you these words from the Reverend Gretchen Haley. There is nothing you need to bring with you to be welcome here. No right beliefs or proof of citizenship, no eternal optimism or clarity of conviction, no boundless courage or endless expertise. You do not need to know what brought you here or how you will solve that problem you are turning over and over and over in your mind. Your bills do not need to be paid and your checkbook can be a mess. Your children may have been up half the night. 
Your hearing aids may not be working and your knees may be creaking. You do not need to be already perfect or even halfway to belong in this circle where grace meets us where we are but does not leave us as it found us. Where love resides in each of us yet is somehow more than all. Where life still pulses and rages and heals and transforms, creating us and this day anew once again. Come, let us worship together. Please join me in our first hymn, number 347, Gather the Spirit.
kindling our chalice each week, we rest in a tiny ritual, one that connects us back through time, connects us to others in this community, and connects us to Unitarian Universalists around the world. If you have a chalice or a candle nearby, I invite you to light it along with us. And please say with me as we do our unison chalice lighting words found in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light the symbol of our faith as we gather together. Good morning, everybody. I'm Vanessa Southern. I'm the senior minister here at the First Unitarian Universalist Society of San Francisco. Happy New Year, everybody. We made it. Those of us who thought we might not, with good reason, the last year just passed certainly has been a rough one. So if you are joining us today, congratulations on making it too, and congratulations to us on having you with us this morning. As Meg pointed out earlier, you can follow along with the order of service that you're able to download in the description to this live stream. There will be a place to link to it. If you are receiving our weekly email with the weekly and the monthly newsletter, you will also get a link to the order of service each week and to this live stream video. And if you aren't receiving that, please fill out one of our newcomer cards and we will get you on that list to receive the weekly emails. The order of service is also great to have at hand because it lists a whole bunch of upcoming events and opportunities, ways that we can connect, ways that we can deepen throughout this time, like in all times, but with different ways to do so, including, as Meg also mentioned, our Zoom coffee hour, which happens right after service and is a chance to meet in small breakout rooms with four, at most, maybe five people. So friendships have already begun there that probably wouldn't have taken place in the mix and melee of our in-person coffee hour. So take advantage of the opportunity while it lasts to do that. And also take advantage, please, of the opportunity to join in anything and everything that interests you that is listed in the order of service. So let me call to attention a few things. Our small group ministry, which are groups of no more than 10, often about eight, that meet every other week to monthly. There are signups now for the spring sessions of small group ministries where you'll be assigned to a group and a time and a, and a, a link that makes it easy for you to join. And again, a chance to have conversations that ask some of the bigger questions, deepen you into community and connection with yourself and others. So please, look into signing up for our small group ministry program. There are also wonderful conversations coming up in the next month about a whole bunch of topics that are deeply relevant to our future as a nation, as a state. Today at one o'clock, the forum is hosting a program on our path to clean energy, 
But in upcoming weeks, you'll see a number of fantastic programs, including two that are not mentioned in this week's order of service, but I want to put on your calendar so you hold time for them. One is on Saturday, January 16th at 11 a.m., Paula Cole-Jones, who is the former president of DRUM, which is the acronym for Diverse, Revolutionary, Unitarian, Universalist, Multicultural Ministries. And also she is a founder of ADORE, a dialogue on race and ethnicity. She's gonna be speaking about the proposed eighth principle that we are beginning to look at as a congregation. So I invite you to join that. Paula Cole-Jones is a phenomenal speaker and leader in the movement. And this is, it's amazing that she's gonna be with us. So I hope you'll join me and others as we link in to hear her talk about this work. And the following day, we are equally as lucky. It's a star-studded weekend because at 1 p.m. on Sunday, January 17th, the Reverend Leslie Takahashi, who's the senior minister at the Mount Diablo Unitarian Universalist Church and who is chair of the Unitarian Universalist Commission on Institutional Change, she is going to be speaking about the work that the commission just finished in its report called Widening the Circle, that many of us have been reading chapters from before our meetings to deepen our understanding of where institutional racism and the work for equity and inclusion and diversity stands in our movement. It's fantastic work, and we get to hear a little bit of the inside view um, and sense of where the work is taking us from Leslie Takahashi, so an amazing opportunity to have her speak to us. But there are lots of other things, opportunities for spiritual practices, that folks, members of the congregation are offering that have been phenomenal and continue. Our morning, Wednesday morning vigils are coming up again, so please join us for those. Our virtual art show with art from members of the congregation and the community. Our new Unitarian Universalist class, two sessions in February for those who want to learn more about Unitarian Universalism and this community. And don't forget to put on your calendar February 5th, Friday, for our live auction and make note that the week before will be our silent auction. I just heard this morning that one of the gifts for the live auction will be, I think it is, a, well, it's a period of time in a penthouse in Waikiki and then miles um, to get you airfare there. So, uh, you know, it's even just to dream about that possibility is, <laughs> is worth a bid, in my opinion, these days. So I hope you'll put that on your calendar too. Our offering this morning, which we will take later in the service, I want to give you a little heads up, is going to be taken for our Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, which does work domestically and abroad to kind of plow our values in, in support and allyship with grassroots organizing around human rights and justice work. Some of you kept guests at your table boxes through the holidays, the December holidays, and it's your chance to translate that into a gift to UUSC, or those of you who would just like to make a gift in commitment to that work, you can do so. You can do so either by when you go to donate, noting the special offering button, clicking that, and you can therefore designate your donation for the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, or those of you who want to become a member of that group can go straight to UUSC, UU Service Committee, UUSC.org, and join and become a member and support the work that way. But either way, we invite you to be part of expressing your values in the world through this amazing organization. I believe that is all I'm going to call your attention to this morning. And so our invitations to deeper commitment and connection 
will close and we will invite you into a deeper dimension of worship as we center ourselves singing our meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service, but if you're new to this congregation and its worship service, we invite you, you to just listen to the music. The words are simple and join in as you feel called and then surrender to the music as it invites you deeper and we sing it together. Welcome to worship. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I'll breathe out love. When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, to turn in your order of service to the words of our covenant which we will say together and then follow by join me in singing our doxology. Let's say the words of our covenant together. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another.
recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong today in honor of three such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first, as we have since July of 2019, for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps. For the mounting trauma to children separated from their families. For all people held without charges in less than transparent or humane circumstances in this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters in our nation's and our world's history of xenophobia, racism, and greed. We ring our gong seven times for this week of days for which we bear responsibility as citizens for this violation of human dignity, these wrongs done in our name. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week to COVID-19. This last week, 57,810 people died of the virus globally. A staggering 17,209 in the United States alone. We hold in our hearts all of these losses. Each one of those people precious, worthy of love, health, and safety. And we hold in our hearts all who continue to risk their lives to provide essential services, those who suffer from the loss of jobs, whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease, and all whose isolation and struggle through grief and loneliness is harder the longer this pandemic continues. We ring our gong one final time this morning for the people of color. Here in this congregation and across Unitarian Universalism for whom the beloved community has fallen short. For all who have been harmed by microaggressions or unwitting cultural bias. For all those who have borne the brunt of persistent institutional inequity and the sticky habits of white supremacy culture. For the too many beloveds who have left and for those who stay, courageously and generously despite it all, may these stories, known and unknown, invite us to collectively do better. May we together move a little closer to the radical invitation of our faith and the promise of beloved community. so much to remember and to hold. May we keep those we have named and their families in our thoughts and in our prayers. 
And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can. May we enter now into a time of shared silence, of listening, softening, or stillness. As we do, I invite you to do whatever you are moved to, to come a bit more fully into this present moment.
Do you feel that? Gwen Matthews asks us. Feel that? Each breath, every inhale, exhale, we are living, breathing, connected. We are the whole, complete, beautiful selves that we were born to be. Feel that in your bones, in your muscles, in your heart and your blood. That is the extraordinary you. The you who was born for this time, this place, this moment. Feel that? The struggle, the worry, the pain, the loss, the grief, it is still you. You are still whole, complete, beautiful, extraordinary. Feel that. Out beyond One of our pre-recorded opportunities this morning is a skit, part of a series that's come out of the creative genius and desire for transformation that we've expressed as a congregation in our goal of wholeness, of dismantling white supremacy, of supporting equity and inclusion, and starting here in our community with us in the work of building beloved community from the inside out. The skits 
the two white zone skits that many of you have already enjoyed. And if you haven't, please go back if you're new to the community and look for them. They're available on our media site on YouTube. Are ways to point out the microaggressions, the racial aggressions that happen among us and to learn from them. And so in that spirit, thanks to the creative team that Meg thanked in her opening this morning, we would like to invite you to join us for the next installation in the world we call the Two White Zone. Imagine, if you will, a world of black and white shown through a prism of colored pixels. A world where outreach is limited by a two-dimensional Zoom screen. Imagine a virtual holiday meeting where all well-intentioned actors whose parts have been assigned to them at birth unconsciously perform from scripts written hundreds of years ago. You have received an invitation to enter the Zoom room in another dimension called the Two White Zone. Welcome everyone to the White Action Sensitivity Project Zoom Christmas Party. I would like to start this party with a roll call. Lance Almond, Committee Diversification Chair, present. Uh Russell Stober, Community Outreach, here. Debbie Snackcake, Book Club Facilitator, present. Kim Nihei, actually I bumped into Blanche at Safeway and she invited me to the party. Thanks for having me. And I hear Russell sings a beautiful rendition of Silent Night. I can't wait to hear it. That's right. Welcome, Hi. Kim. Welcome, Welcome. Welcome everyone. <laughs> And I am Joe Mayo, president of the project. Now, before we begin the meeting, I would like to go over some rules. Uh, if you feel that you or a member of this committee has been microaggressed against, your proper response is tap the ouch in the chat space. If you have committed the microaggression, you may respond with a whoops. Since the whoops ouch method has already been in place for three meetings and no one has actually used it yet. I'm going to invite Kim to help keep us on our toes when we forget. Thanks. What? Oh, oh no. I'm not interested in that. I'm just here for the party. Oh, now don't worry. You'll be great at it. Oh, I'm not worried. And why would I be great at it? Because I'm the only person of color here? I'm not okay with that. I'd like to go on the record and cast the first whoops. Uh, what for? I'm sure I'll say something microaggressive at this meeting. I always do. You know what? She really does. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, then I'd like to say something. If this is a Christmas party, isn't it a microaggression to anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas? Oh, good point. Who here doesn't celebrate Christmas? I love Christmas. Me too. You know, Christmas is really the only holiday I celebrate, to be honest. Well... Well then, I move that we click the whoops for anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas and isn't here. 
Whoops. 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 Boy, I love this whoops thing. Sure makes it easy to get rid of microaggressions. Whoa. I didn't want to say anything. I mean, wait a minute. This can't be right. Do any of you know what a microaggression is? Oh, I do, I do. A microaggression is a statement, action, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against any members of a marginalized group, such as racial or ethnic minorities. You know, the only reason she knows that is because she only picks books for the book club that she's already read. Whoops. Why did you whoops that particular comment? Well, I might have offended someone who hadn't read the book. Ouch. Yeah, I haven't read it. Uh, ouch. I, I ordered it on Amazon, but uh, I don't have Prime, so I didn't get it yet. Oh, man. I own a hard copy and a paperback version. I guess that makes me entitled. Whoops. Wait a minute, everybody. Hold on. I don't want to be in a position to say anything, but this, and I know this is your party, but come on. Isn't your sensitivity project supposed to be focused on dismantling white supremacy and not focused on your white-centered discomfort about white-centered topics? I mean, I don't have Amazon Prime. Really? And what does that have to do with Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities? And for heaven's sakes, you can't commit a racial microaggression against another white person, and you can't just whoops because you feel guilt about not having an ouch. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Right. Fair enough. Right. Hey, everyone, why don't we take a moment to refocus by giving examples of microaggressions we have personally committed. Okay. Oh, um, that's a great idea. Thank you. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I told my friend's girlfriend, uh, Maria, that she spoke good English and that she was really smart because I assumed that she spoke two languages. <laughs> it turns out she's from Chicago and she speaks only English. <laughs> you know, whoops. I mean, I guess she's not that smart. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Two black people entered the church at the same time, and I welcomed them as husband and wife. Turns out they'd never met. But, whoops. <laughs> but, come on. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, makes sense. You think that's bad? I refer to COVID-19 as the China flu. Whoops. Oh, give me a break. Everyone says it anyway. Everyone says it? Who in the world do you hang out with? Oh, double whoops. Well, I guess that leaves me for last. Here's what I did. I, I met someone who had a defund the police button at a BLM rally, and I told her about the time a really nice policeman helped me find my dog. Whoops. But he was really nice, and what was I supposed to do? Lie. That's illegal. Right. law. It's a lie, you know. I can't believe what I'm hearing. You can't just say a microaggression, apologize, and then attempt to justify it. Get serious and put yourselves in the shoes of people at the receiving end of your racial abuse. Put the focus where it belongs and sit with your discomfort. Until you do that, you will never 
truly be allies in dismantling white supremacy. Yeah. Wow, Kim, you're right. People of color can't wait forever for us to take our education on matters of race seriously. I read that over time, being at the receiving end of microaggressions and systemic racism causes real harm. Yeah, I read that too. Harm including lower life expectancy, depression, anxiety, and trauma. Whoa, I'm very uncomfortable with that. You know, those effects are much worse than any discomfort we may feel as we do our work. We need to remember we're not the victims. Words matter, folks, and actions have consequences. I don't feel so good. I'm out of here. Whoops. Whoops. Oh, who are we kidding? Microaggressions can't be swept away with an ouch or a whoops. Here we are claiming to be white allies. And we hurt our friend. We need to fix this. Yeah. I'm going to call Kim to apologize. You know what? Me too. I'm going to call Kim to apologize without expecting anything in return. Yeah, same here. And I won't make this mistake of trying to justify my actions. My intentions are less important than the effect my words and actions have. Yeah, right. Sorry we didn't get the message before we heard our friend Kim. I'm not much in a mood for a Christmas party anymore. Wait, I'm still not clear. I thought we weren't supposed to say Christmas. Whoops. Any last order of business? Yeah, about our name. Has anyone noticed what the acronym for White Action Sensitivity Project spells? Oh, wow. Of course, it is not enough to just offer up verbal emojis like whoops and ouch in response to microaggressions because that kind of simple response carries the possibility of formularizing and trivializing the responses to real trauma and causing additional trauma in doing so. Each unique incident of injury must be dealt with quickly and in a complete but not re-traumatizing way based on the specific incident. If you feel you have aggressed, pause and simply state the mistake that you think you made and the possible negative impact it might have had regardless of your intention. Apologize. Ask what must be done to make things right. Move on. Let's move forward together in our shared journey with each of us doing the necessary work of developing our individual understanding and ability to disrupt microaggressions. You can start your educational process by picking up a book like White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. We'd also like to invite you to join us in dismantling white supremacy within our congregation by joining a journey to wholeness or a white ally meeting. Information can be found in the flame and in the order of service. A Zoom room where the connection can be interrupted by the static of white fragility and white centeredness. 
a meeting where self-awareness is enhanced by the awareness of those who have been harmed, a conversational milestone on the path to anti-racism as a spiritual practice. You notice the signpost up ahead pointing you in the right direction, leaving the limits of the two white zone. As Vanessa mentioned earlier, our offering this morning will go to the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, or UUSC. UUSC advances human rights and social justice around the world, partnering with those who confront unjust power structures and mobilizing to challenge oppressive policies. Their work is grounded in the belief that all people have inherent power and dignity. Donations today of $150 or more will be matched by the UU Congregation of Shelter Rock. The offering will now be taken and gratefully received. In the still of the night, in the world's ancient light where wisdom grows up in strife my bewildering brain toils in vain through the darkness on the pathways of life each invisible prayer is like a cloud in Tomorrow keeps turning around We live and we die We know not why But I'll be with you when the deal goes down We eat and we drink We feel and we think Far down the street we wanted to say the midnight rain follows the train we all wear the same thorny crown soul to soul our shadows roll and I'll be with you She shines by night when I scarcely feel the glow. 
over the road we're bound to go more frailer than the flowers these precious hours that keep us so tightly bound you come to my eyes like a vision from the skies and I'll be with you when the deal goes down well, I picked up a rose and it poked through my clothes I followed the winding stream I heard the deafening noise and I felt transient joy no, they're not what they seem. In this earthly domain, full of disappointment and pain, you'll never see me frown. I owe my heart to you, and that saying it's true. And I'll be with you when the deal goes down. I'm not saying it's true And I'll be with you When the deal goes down And I'll be with you When the deal goes down Our reading this morning is Untitled. It's by Sarah Lawal. Because I hate resolutions, I make promises of imagination, making manifest the little dreams buried this year, and bigger hopes crushed by a thousand little cuts by the sweeping tidal waves of 2020. And also, Promises to hold on to the lessons lingering in the muck and beauty of it all. I promise to get outside every day, to drink in the cool air and look up at the sky, to hug trees and smell flowers, and to bring more green inside. I promise to water those plants too. I promise to stay slow, to sit and stare, to take more naps, to say no and yes more often. I promise to love more freely, to keep cooking and making bread. I promise to say thank you for the little things and big things every day. I promise not to get too comfortable or too righteous, to let in enough pain to stay fired up, committed to the dream of belovedness, the dream of the emerging world where our liberation is bound up with everyone and everything, always beckoning us to see more clearly, to love 
more dearly. I promise to let the fires burn away the old crusty obstacles and excuses and make space for new dreams for all that imagination can conjure to notice the light and let it shine, to fan the flames of hope and cleanse the spirit and let life begin again, renewed, gentle, following the sparks into the next unknown. Shanti all the way home. From Big Bang and Starseed, Osmosis, Catharsis, we swam our emergence through waves, tides, and time. We started out single cell critters in the ocean, evolving through yin yang, our consciousness climbed. We are the two-legged keepers and worshippers, lovers and abusers of life. We stand in our ignorance, brilliance, indifference, awestruck by our mastery and strife. Singing Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Shanti, Om, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shalom. Om Shanti Shanti Om Om Shanti Shanti Shalom We speak of ascension now Chakras and synergy Indigenous wisdom and crystalline earth Power and energy Conscious creation Our spirit guides whisper Life, death and rebirth We are the two dreamers and being weavers living our visions and prayers we're muscle and motion emotion commotion we're labors of love sweat and tears singing om shanti om shanti shanti om om shanti shanti shalom Shanti Shanti Shalom Yes, we're dancing through labyrinths, spirals, cacophony, harmony, chaos, and stillness and light, affirming our oneness through light years of separateness, shine like the stars in the dead of the night, singing Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Shanti, Om, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shalom. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Shanti, Om, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shalom. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Shanti, Om, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shalom. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Shanti, Om, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shalom. 
Quickly. Do you remember? Barely a week into shelter in place here in Northern California, and the internet was abuzz with aspirations. Photos of newly organized closets and deep cleaned freezers, how to's for your quarantine diet, your home gym setup, or your next elaborate crafting project. Stores sold out of yeast as seemingly everyone took up bread baking. Dumbbells and yoga mats, too, were suddenly in short supply. It was, it seemed, the perfect time to learn a new language, write that novel, get in the best shape of your life, or finally get your files in order. On some level, the trend was a testament to the resilience of the human spirit the drive towards self-improvement, even under challenging circumstances. It was beautiful to see the fruits of creativity and energy channeled a little bit differently than usual. Even awash in uncertainty and instability, it seemed there were still possibilities everywhere for growth and improvement. The motivation for these efforts, I'm sure, was as unique as each of us. For some, the slowing of productivity needed a counterbalance, inspiring a doubling of effort in other areas. For some, these projects were a necessary coping mechanism in the face of anxiety or grief. But part of it, I think, was an exaggerated version of the same phenomenon that emerges each year in the form of New Year's resolutions. And just beneath the enthusiasm and the energy, there was an unsettling undercurrent of insufficiency. Become a better you before the pandemic ends. Now is the time, shouted a headline in April. 10 ways to improve yourself in quarantine, offered another. The moment was encouraging a kind of relentless scrutiny of every aspect of our lives, shining a kind of floodlight on the ways that our bodies, our homes, 
our hobbies, our relationships, were falling short. The frenzy of self-improvement buzzing around the collective emphasized a fundamental not-enoughness, even in a time of collective disruption, even with so many still working, still parenting, still getting by, all while coping with harder circumstances than ever. For some, the realities of being an essential worker, a caregiver, a human, in such a time meant that such aspirations weren't an option to begin with. But that pressure was there, nevertheless. Even for those for whom they were, the evolution of these aspirations was telling. Like the classic arc of a New Year's resolution, it wasn't long before the activities and intentions from early in shelter in place began to fall by the wayside. The sourdough starters abandoned along with the aspirations, making room for another layer of self-criticism for not having done enough. Beholding ourselves through a lens of insufficiency can always drum up more imperfections, can't it? Criticism begets more criticism. But does it always support growth? In the seminal essay, Poetry is Not a Luxury, womanist theorist, poet, and activist, Audre Lorde describes this scrutiny as the quality of light by which we perceive ourselves. The quality of light through which we scrutinize our lives, she writes, has direct bearing upon the product which we live. And, she continues, upon the changes which we hope to bring about through those lives. It is within this light that we form ideas by which we pursue our magic, she says, and make it realized. Lord writes here of poetry, not the words and verses, but poetry as way of living, of thinking, feeling, and ultimately creating transformation in ourselves and our world. Under what light do we look at our lives, at ourselves, at each other? Contrast, if you will, the glaring light of a fluorescent overhead to the soft light of candles. Which helps us to perceive more clearly? Without reflection, I would always have said the bright lights. The brighter, the better. Whatever it is that can bring into visibility the inevitable crack, stain, or blemish on whatever it is that's before you. But at dusk, when the time comes to switch from sunlight to another source by which to illuminate our lives, I don't know about you, but I almost never choose the fluorescent overhead these days. This winter, as the days grew shorter, with more time than ever at home, as the pandemic wore on and the losses piled up around us, I began lighting candles, not just for ritual, but for living, for cooking, for reading, even for sitting on Zoom. 
while the gentle light of a candle may not expose the dust in the corner, the scratch on the table, the peeling paint on the wall, it does help me to see my space differently, nevertheless. Bringing into focus not lack, but beauty and sufficiency. Of course, bright lights have their value too. I'm not proposing that we live our lives by candlelight. Bringing visibility to those dust bunnies does matter sometimes. And sometimes what needs to be brought to light is more insidious than dust. Especially in the face of injustice, the scrutiny of criticism plays an essential role. It allows us to expose things that need to be exposed, to call out and disrupt microaggressions, bias, supremacy, and harm in our communities and in the world. As healer and movement facilitator Adrienne Marie Brown writes, critiques ideally help us grow collectively. Critiques are part of how we sharpen one another. As Unitarian Universalists, critique and critical thinking are dearly held values, part of the responsible practice of our fourth principle, our commitment toward the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are, after all, heretics on both sides of our family, Reverend Leslie Takahashi reminded us in, our, in her 2019 Barry Street essay, Truth, Trauma, and Transformation. In both precious heritages, Universalist and Unitarian, she continues, we come from a line of heretics and questioners, defined and named by theological and political adversaries. It is a heritage to be proud of, but not one free of limitations. Takahashi and the authors of the Commission on Institutional Change Report, Widening the Circle of Concern, point out that an unintended consequence of our emphasis on individual discernment and scrutiny through reason and critical thinking has been the over-centering of the discerning individual at the expense of what binds us together. Of course, this questioning, critiquing with all its merits and its shortcomings is not unique to our congregations. In academia, in social justice spaces, and plenty of other places, I'm sure, we are trained to look for the holes in an argument, to notice the inconsistencies and contradictions in an action to expose first, root out the flaws, to critique, critique, critique. There's some satisfaction in doing so, right? Some gratification in spotting the blemishes and the shortcomings. Sometimes this shrewdness is a gift in service of our individual and collective transformation. And sometimes it isn't. At their best, critique illuminates what needs to be perceived. At their best, critique helps us grow and transform. But when the critical lens becomes supreme over all other lenses, 
does it actually support the individual and collective transformation that we're after? When too steeped in critique, awash in fluorescent lights, what do we lose? This past summer, I was persuaded to sign up for a singing class taught over Zoom by a friend of a friend. And I entered the class with some trepidation, but quickly discovered that my anxieties were in good company. In our first session, the instructor invited us to share our singing autobiographies, a brief sketch of how our relationship with song and with our voices had evolved throughout our lives. Nora, the first person to share, began with a wistful look on her face. As a child, she started, I was always singing. Singing while walking, while playing, while taking a bath, even while eating. I loved singing, she said. But at some point, something happened. It might have been when my older brother made fun of me for being off key, for missing that high note. Suddenly, that was all I could hear. I stopped singing in public, and then eventually I stopped singing at all. Nearly 30 years passed, she said, before Nora realized how much she missed music in her life, signed up for that singing class, and began to reclaim her voice. The next person shared, and then the next. And in so many of the stories, there was a moment where internal or external critics managed to convince each person that they weren't good enough to sing, even for fun. Sometimes, like in Nora's story, it was a passing comment from a family member, a friend, or a music teacher. Sometimes it was just one's own inner critic that stifled their song. More often, the two were interrelated. Under the harsh light of a critical lens, tender, vulnerable things can wither and get washed out. Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, argues that experiences like Nora's, like nearly everyone in that singing class, are all too commonplace. It might not be singing. It might not even be something that we would typically classify as creative. But all of us, she says, have an underlying, indwelling creative force within us. However, that creative force is often blocked in part by a tendency to criticize ourselves mercilessly. We are victims, she says, of our own internalized perfectionist, a nasty internal and eternal critic who resides in our brain and keeps up a constant stream of subversive remarks, often disguised as truth. Our internal critics are often shaped by external critics, while often pointed first and foremost at ourselves, these critics also participate in the scrutiny of others. They are formed by and they form 
the culture of critique that can be the water we swim in. Between the internal and the external, it is a veritable barrage. A barrage that encourages the kind of frantic self-improvement efforts that we were surrounded by this past spring. One that can stymie creativity, growth, and transformation, not just in our individual lives, but in our collective life, too. An emergent strategy, shaping change, changing worlds, Adrienne Marie Brown, reflects on the impact of critique in social justice movement spaces. She writes, we have a way of doing things that is so steeped in critique that I have often wondered if we would strangle social justice movement before it could blossom. She continues, these critiques can be excuses to keep us from getting involved or defense mechanisms to protect our hearts from failure. By itself, critique can shield us from responsibility of actually having to figure out solutions. Sometimes, she concludes, I think we need to liberate ourselves from critique, both internal and external, to truly give change a chance. How can we create the conditions so that individual and collective transformation that we yearn for can blossom? How can we give ourselves and one another the grace to grow, to explore and even to mess up as we move forward together? We have hard work to do, world-making work toward our collective wholeness that requires transformation, transformation of ourselves and transformation of each other. This is work that requires rigor and scrutiny and sometimes bright lights, and also work that requires compassion and softness toward ourselves and each other. As Unitarian Universalists, part of what we covenant to do together is encourage one another to growth. Reverend Erica Hewitt reminds us that encourage means to hearten, to impart strength and confidence. This is our work as a religious community, she says, to encourage one another, to be bold in engaging the world around us as well as what scares us internally, to give one another the confidence and the heart to live as fully as possible. Though it may have struggled to be heard over the clamor and din of pandemic self-improvement, there was another set of voices in those early months too, a quiet rebuttal. You do not need to learn a language or lose 10 pounds or reorganize your closet. Even for those of us who are not bearing the brunt of this pandemic, the toll from stress and grief in this time is enormous. This is a time to be gentle with ourselves and gentle with each other. As we enter into this 10th month 
of pandemic. This message is more important than ever. But there's a version that's timeless too. As Nadia Bolz-Weber offers each year to her people, there is no resolution that if you kept will make you more worthy of love. You as your actual self, not some made up ideal self, are already worthy. I hope that each of us can take that in. I hope that as we enter into this new year, we can behold ourselves and each other with some gentleness. I hope that we can keep our sharpness and our softness in equal measure. I hope that we can ground in our wholeness in service of the unfolding transformation of ourselves and our world. May it be so. For all that is alive, we sing our thanks and praise. For all life is a gift, which we are called to use to build a common good. And make our own days here with us this morning. I hope you'll again consider joining us in Zoom coffee hour. And so in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us, out from within us, be gracious unto us, and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The next song we've prepared for you is called Dance Like Children.
You're in a transformation And you're working just a little hard Send your ego on vacation Cause it's earned a little R&R Let your body do the thinking Let your heart lay down the beat Let your feet know more than you do While you're dancing down the street While you're dancing down the street Go on and be a soul gypsy Wander the world and see what you can see When you make the journey from the head into the heart Spirit dance, dance like children. I am spirit, you are spirit. Dance the spirit, dance, dance like children. Dance like children. You're in the yoga of connection. Communication is the real art You can see your own reflection In the mirror of another's heart Ah, ooh, you know what I mean Yes, you do You know what I mean Feel the motion of the up and down Feel the stillness of the in and down Hear the rhythm of the cosmos Feel the spirit in the ground Feel the spirit in the ground Go on and be a soul gypsy Wander the world and be what you can be When you make the journey from the head into the heart Every little moment is a brand new children I am spirit you are spirit dance the spirit dance dance like children dance like children Living in a dream, we're living 
mountain stream Jump into the water, cool and clean Hey, 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 hey We're living in a dream 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 in my life the driver is me
The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.